It is the distant future. The year is 2000. The ice cream wars have been declared as over. And Dippin' Dots, the ice cream of the future, has reclaimed its rightful throne as the true ice cream. Do you think that means that whenever, like, a Baskin-Robbins reopens, their slogan is the Dippin' Dots of the past? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. It makes me wonder. I think so, so, too. It just makes sense, you know? Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the brand newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the only podcast. The only one. That's it. It's the only podcast. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're kind of the innovators. We kind of perfected it. That's why nobody else started a podcast. So you're listening to The Podcast. We've actually just thought about changing the name of the show to The, the Podcast. podcast yeah. Because, yeah, like, oh, I'm listening to a podcast. Which one? Which one do you think? The Podcast. And you know, what happened was Ben was like, remember when you were a kid and you'd find a tape recorder and you and your friend would record your uh, stupid conversation into it and you'd listen back mm-hmm. and go, whoa, what if we did that <laughs> but gave it to everybody? <laughs> yeah, then we shared it on the interweb. <laughs> and it was and this podcast a podcast. <laughs> I essentially think of a podcast as being a long form yak back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved my yak back. I definitely abused the fuck out of that thing back in the day. Back in the nineties. We had a little mini cassette recorder that uh my brother had recorded Charlie Daniels Devil Went Down to Georgia on. Badass. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Yeah. This was high quality. And then one of us, at some point while listening to it, had accidentally pressed record during the solo for just a brief second. So you'd be hearing the 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 fiddle there, and then suddenly you'd hear, uh, and then it would go back to the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> and like, every time I hear that song, I kind of expect that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say that somebody... Had to have recorded a fart onto it. So during the middle that of the solo, there's also just a fart. what it was. Because uh, yeah. we never figured out <laughs> who it was definitively. But that does <laughs> seem like something one of us would do- have done. So, <laughs> Steve, we're here to talk today about a film that is also in the 90s. We're mm-hmm. talking about porno from 20 and 20. And if you're a new listener to the show, yeah, we're going to review that movie. But we're going to do ourselves a whole bunch a bullshitting, beer drinking, and catching up before we do that. If you just want to get to the movie review, there is a timestamp for you in the podcast description. So just go there if you want to miss the good part of the show, yeah. I guess. Yeah, if you just want to hear us talk about the movie that the show is about. God. Golly, man. So <laughs> uptight. So uptight, these people. How you been doing this week, Steve? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, pretty all right. Uh, been just... Uh, getting it done we just recorded a few days ago so not much has happened that we did <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah i haven't really done much other than just uh, watch a couple movies and um just uh sit around be awesome and watch some of them nfl playoff oh yeah yeah they've been good this year all right. i uh i didn't really pay attention to uh, football at all uh throughout the season because it was just like but uh, there's so much else to be worried about. Why would I, <laughs> I, I? I was worried when I did try to watch it. Mostly, it was like, oh, I hope nobody gets 
COVID from this. So it wasn't like a fun <laughs> time, but now it's just like I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, the games are good. Okay. Well, you just got to enjoy them while you can, you know, before they turn into the full-blown Hunger Games and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> things take their inevitable turn. You got to watch that inauguration tomorrow. We're recording this on the eve no, of the presidential I'm inauguration. In no way interested. I'll uh, I'll <laughs> check Twitter. Uh, Twitter will tell me what's interesting about the inauguration. I'll assume somebody will make a stupid face or, uh, I don't know, somebody will say a wrong word and that'll be funny for a day thrilling thrilling and then everything changes you remember when uh (laughs) joe biden said uh the instead of a (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) well that's super fun man something to look forward to are you gonna be watching it um yeah i am just i i just gotta know if anything weird happens you know i mean we had a fucking coup yeah. like a week ago. Right. So I just yeah. kind of got <laughs> real, It's like watching recent. a NASCAR race where it's like you just kind of watch it in case there's something horrific that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to know. <laughs> or in case that damn Jeff Gordon wins. You know his daddy just bought him that car. Mm, yeah, cheated all the way up. He's going he's gonna to run up there and claim a presidency. You know he is. He's cheating like always. I remember when I was a kid, people legit hated Jeff Gordon, and that legit was their reason. His daddy bought him that car. And uh, <laughs> I remember asking somebody, who do you think bought everybody else their cars? Hmm. Like, do well, they think no. Dale Earnhardt worked at the grocery store until he had enough money for a race car? Now hang on, I won't hear a bad word about Dale now. You need to put me put the brakes on that. I don't there, believe mister. that actually. If somebody tells me Dale Earnhardt, he worked forty five years at a grocery store to save up for a NASCAR, <laughs> and then it. started driving. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, he was probably one hundred and seventy. Right? That makes sense. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Steve. How about you just give me a little old ear massage and chin wag at me about them flicks you've been watching? What you been seeing this week? Oh man, well I watched uh, Color Out of Space with that Nick Cage. Ooh, I've been wanting to watch that. That Richard Stanley, that director, he's real yeah, normal. So is Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Well, it's a real normal movie. I I recommend it. I mean, obviously, uh, the question is like. How abnormal are you? Are you cool with things getting? And it it doesn't get too terribly abnormal. I don't think. I feel like it's okay. right on, right in line with what you would hope to come out of a Nick Cage movie directed by Richard Stanley. It's really pretty. Cosmic horror. Yeah. 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 It, there's there's a lot there to appreciate. I enjoyed it, and I nice. I I'd like for you to to see it before we talk any more in depth about it. Okay, cool, cool. I've been wanting to watch it lately anyway. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's on Shutter, so go watch it. We'll talk more about it. Uh, I also watched Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I've never seen this before. Okay, so this is a, it's a cartoon that uh, is kind of in the old animation style. It's a little bit uh, updated. It's from mm-hmm. 98. It's, it's like the best Scooby-Doo movie, maybe, <laughs> I think. Okay, like, yeah. Because, it, it, like... I remember loving Scooby-Doo as a kid and like, yeah, there's comedy to it and stuff. And it was like, ha ha ha, just talking dog and all that. But I remember liking it because it had some of the like vibes of horror movies and stuff. And I think yeah. Zooby-Doo, uh, Scooby, Zooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is probably like the closest 
Scooby Doo's ever been to horror. Huh. Okay. Though I mean the James Gunn the James Gunn movies are the live action ones are good. Uh yeah, I think Scooby Doo on Zombie Island might be the best. So go check out Scooby Doo on Zombie Island if you've never seen it. The peak of the art form known as Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I also started a reading. A little book reading, huh? You reading the B-I-B-L-E? Yep. I was like, you know what? Gotta start with numero uno on my heart. The Bible. <laughs> no, I, I picked up The Hobbit, started reading the words on the page. And uh, what are they doing to you? I, it's it's very readable. I, I found something immediately that it comes off the tongue well if you read it out loud. Like, yeah, yeah. it sounds great read out loud. And I actually was doing that for a bit because I was like, this just like is written in a way where it's obviously meant to be heard out loud. And yeah. uh, then I was like, boy, that's a sure slow way to read. <laughs> so I got <laughs> off of that train. <laughs> I was like through a page and, and it just immediately was like, this, that took like uh, three minutes or something to read a single page of a book. Like, gotta get through it quicker than that i'm not nobody else can hear me anyway <laughs> so you're saying you've given up on your dreams of becoming a full-time professional lector you oh, did it dude, for no yourself way. for like five pages and you're like nope can't do it yeah i would give up it. i i have add i cannot concentrate that long and stick to it i bet i could read the entirety of the hobbit like record it and like edit it together but it would be in like probably five minute increments. <laughs> and then I'd come back to it a month later. Why don't you just learn how to dictate like the micro machines guy? Oh boy. Yeah. Can you imagine hearing him on tape reading you whatever book? <laughs> Actually, you know, the thing is though, I kind of can because most of the time, whenever I do audio books, right, or like podcasts, I usually yeah. record them. Yeah. A little yeah. bit faster, like yeah. one and a half, you know? <laughs> that would be you know what that would have been an interesting thing for him to have done in the 80s because i know book on tape just started getting popular but if the micro machine yeah. guy had been like want to read five books in a day <laughs> check out my tapes check out my audiobook of anna karenina yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the most like stress inducing audiobook just series of so all time fucking fast yeah. holy fuck slow down man <laughs> are you enjoying the story and stuff though because i know you said before you tried reading the lord of the rings and it was just like very entrenched in prose and history How's yeah this treating i think you? i think this is uh it flows better as a story like um there it's you know descriptive still but it it does not go into the depth that uh my memory of <laughs> beginning lord of the rings was like so yeah yeah i i instantly was like oh yes i can read this so i feel like getting through the hobbit will encourage me to continue with the lord of the rings cuz you know it, it just has never been something I've been too terribly interested in reading, but I, mm -hmm, I'd mm -hmm. love to have that. I mean, it's always cool to have a set of books that you really love that you can talk to a lot of people about, right? Like, yeah, totally. Back when we had Harry Potter and it didn't have to lead back to, boy, fuck JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> like I want something like that. 
Yeah, the good old days those were. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe after you finish reading the book, maybe you just get fucking blackout drunk, you watch through the Hobbit movies, and then just record like an unbridled four-hour-long <laughs> rant about them. Maybe you do that. I, I don't, don't know. know how in the hell I'd make it through the Hobbit movies. I I have never been able to do it. But I could try. There you go. That's the can-do attitude I'm looking for, Steve. I believe in you. <laughs> did, did you have you started the third Hobbit movie ever? I have watched all three of them. You yeah. have? Okay. I started yeah, I the third it. Hobbit movie and I made it probably 45 seconds. And I was like, what the fuck? And just turned it off. Just could not I get, get it. into it. It's fucking terrible. It looked so bad immediately. Yes. Just like all terrible green screen nonsense bullshit anyway yeah immensely unlikable <laughs> entirely what you been watching ben man i've been watching movies you ever oh, seen a movie a, a motion picture mm-hmm. a real life pellicula with sound sounding and visuals synced together Ooh. it's truly an amazing art form and i think that you've even seen some of these pictures what i watched this week steve all right what you been watching you ever seen an old-timey flick set in the old-timey times. Those are all spelled with Ys, by the way. Time. Okay. With an E at the end. Time. A lot of Y in there. A lot of E. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. You ever seen a Blood on Satan's Claw? Yes. Yeah, we watched it on a Friday night screaming chat, and I was like, man, this is visually gorgeous. I got to rewatch this sometime. Yeah, pretty cool movie, man. It was one of those that, you know, I was obviously just super enticed by the title and the uh-huh, poster art yeah, and stuff is really awesome. sick, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's wacky. It's weird. It is really, really gorgeous. Really good looking movie. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. It seems like one of those ones that like the people that know that flick know it and they really, really like it. But it's widely unknown, kind of like the devils or something like that, where if you know it, you know it. And if you don't, well, you just don't. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, Blood on Satan Claw, I, as far as I know, Kev Bickerdyke is a big fan. Yep, he might even be the one that got it on my mind, actually, because I was scrolling through the shutter, and I was like, Oi, didn't Kev Bickerdyke <laughs> tell me I need to watch the Blood on Satan Claw? Oi? We should mention we like Kev. We're not making fun of him at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's just our British oh. accents. If this is your first episode, oi, yeah, governor. This is just how we sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're friends, aren't we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It's a pretty cool flick. Uh, neat soundtrack. Really good soundtrack in it. I also watched a movie... What had a girl what loves Edward Cullen in it? Oh boy! Only only this time instead of playing baseball with the vampires and having ridiculous vampire babies and stuff, she was under the sea like a Little Mermaid. Only things were not fun and whimsical. There were Cthulhu's and stuff down there. I'm talking <laughs> about the movie Underwater. Yeah, I should totally write the boxes for DVDs and stuff. I yeah. really have a way that with definitely was a what's good a descriptive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, what'd you think? I thought it was pretty cool. I liked I, I it I enjoyed a whole the lot. way that the movie just kind of like starts off and you're in the action. Like, it doesn't really give you like, there's a company at the base of the ocean that's yeah, doing we don't this need and all this and that. this. Yep. No, it's totally fine. Just drop me in there and let me catch up. If the story and the exposition is good enough, I don't need on-screen exposition dumps and stuff. So, yeah. I, I do like how it just started off right in the thick of things. 
I thought that it had a cool claustrophobic atmosphere. It was definitely very Ridley Scott influenced, very alien influenced to me. And um, yeah, I thought it was pretty neat, man. It didn't overstay its welcome. It's only like an hour and a half, I think. It goes by pretty quick. And uh, all the performances and stuff, and they were good. I had that funny feller, what's in Deadpool in it? What's that guy's name? TJ Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a funny boy. I, I like the way he tells the jokey jokes right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I I really enjoyed it. I I mean, yeah, I, I see the comparisons to Alien. That's that's one of the things I saw people saw as a negative that it was too much like Alien. I don't think mm. that's true. It's obviously influenced by it, but not too much like. No. I think um Alien has a lot more lulls. Not negative lulls, but a lot more like quiet times. It's much more like a slasher flick than say underwater which is much more like action constantly yeah yeah definitely a lot of forward momentum in there but yeah definitely similarities similarities between uh case two's character and ripley and all that stuff so it it uh i really liked it though i i enjoyed the that film it's it really as you said it just doesn't overstay its welcome it like gets gets to the action quick you get the tension and stuff and it's over pretty quickly too and yeah everything you don't think of anything as being like, oh, I wouldn't do that, or that was really stupid. Like, it's a whole lot of, like, quick decisions being made, and you're never too far ahead of them, which mm-hmm. keeps it fun. Yeah, I think so, man. I definitely enjoyed it. I got very little to complain about that one. Uh, also watched a little Western flick that I hadn't seen before, because this is one that I had heard of, and I'd heard people tell of it, but I didn't know that it contained... A Sharon Stone. Okay. I didn't know that it contained, uh, which P.S. Sharon Stone is the long lost extra Infinity Stone that Thanos didn't claim. It's the Sharon Stone. <laughs> the Sharon Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also had Russell Crowe. He took a break from fighting around the world to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had a Leo DeCaps in there, a young, young Leo DiCaprio in there. Gene Hackman took a break from being a Mega Man boss to be right. in this movie. And it was directed by one Sandwich Raimi, Samuel Raimi. I'm talking about The Quick and the Dead. What do you know about that movie? My, I, I've seen it several times. How'd you, how'd you like it? I liked it a lot, man. It's not like a turbo complex sort of thing. I mean, it's no. just, yeah, a bunch of gunfights and stuff. Yeah. That's kind of all you need, actually. Yeah, I always liked it as a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, it's... It, it's fun it's uh it's just got fun moments in it and yeah as you said not overly complex yep and it's definitely got all kinds of just like Raimi charm all over yeah. a lot of signature you know wacky mm-hmm. sam Raimi like camera angles and shots and stuff so yeah i enjoyed it it's not like you know tombstone or anything like that but it didn't need to be either it just did its thing and uh it was a fun watch so i enjoyed it and last night we happened to stumble across a movie that was on the Netflix that seemed okay. appropriate considering yeah. the topic of our show today. And uh, we watched it, and then I texted you, and I said, hey, you know what? You should watch this. This and is I the did. thing that you should watch. And then you watched it. Mm-hmm. With my eyes. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> close my eyes the whole time like I normally do. I like yeah. to experience it through sound first. I like to watch movies by smell. I just yeah. close my eyes and plug my ears and just sniff the movie out. Mmm. It's a way oh, to it really like shit in here. It. Somebody should clean the room. 
Yeah. <laughs> smells like a dog in here is usually what it smells like. <laughs> smells like a dog and pork chops in here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're yes, talking God, about yes. yes, God, yes. And uh it's got old old skinny McGee that's in Stranger Things in it. And it's about a girl at Catholic school and her uh budding sexuality and fears of uh sexuality and stuff as a young Christian person. It really seemed very in line with Pornhub. I should probably specify that Skinny McGee is Nancy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Otherwise known as Nancy. Yeah. But, you know, everybody knows her as Skinny McGee, right? <laughs> right. Apparently. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah, uh, me too. And again, it was just kind of like a nice uh, side dish, I guess, to the, the subject of today's episode, too. And I felt like it explored a lot of a lot the of similar themes. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of similar themes. Just uh, looking at it in a different way and different light, and with, uh, I mean, you know, this this is a horror comedy porno that we're talking about. Uh, yes, God, yes, is a comedy comedy. So it is, um, it's it's dealing with all of it in a light way, uh, and also from a perspective of someone who doesn't think sex is bad, or mm. at least. Is starting to get the inkling that it's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's all the pressures and stuff of when you grow up in that environment and all the attitudes that you see from your youth group leaders and parents and blah, blah, blah. It was all extremely familiar to me. And we're going to talk a lot about this as we get into the episode because I grew up very conservative and very, uh, very religious, very Christian. And I was, uh, I was a youth, um, what do you call it? I, I was a youth leader, I guess, in uh, when I was Mormon. Yeah. So I, I saw it from the other perspective. Uh, didn't grow up in it like you did, but saw it from the perspective of, like, this is what we're supposed to teach them, and these are the things we're supposed to talk about and whatnot, and feeling very uncomfortable about it. <laughs> I thought it handled all of it really really well and very realistically and with uh, a suitable amount of humor and stuff it's also just like an hour 17 i think yeah it's very short and but yeah it zooms by it's i i really enjoyed it it's very funny oh yeah definitely so and it's also set in like the 90s although it's more like the late 90s like 98 or something yeah, like she, that yeah, she so. has one of those uh nokia early brick phones she's playing snake on <laughs> were you a snakesman yourself uh yeah i had one of those nokias when uh when i lived in russia and yeah i played me a good bit of snake on there hell yeah mm-hmm. how do they what do they call that in russia though steve snake uh zmya. Yeah. <laughs> and now you've learned something dead and lovely listeners look at you <laughs> but yeah we'll definitely talk more about some of the topics that were explored in that movie as well as porno as we go along here Um, Before we get any further, I've got to remind everybody that is listening to help out our homeboy, Brandon Suttles. Brandon has been on the show a couple times. He did a a guest preview palace on the Psycho episode. He also did the entire Changeling episode with us there. Uh A1, superb guy. We call him Steak Sauce because he's A1. (laughs) And uh, if you guys have listened to the show for that's why we call him that. Yeah. I never knew. All right. (laughs) (laughs) and if you guys have been listening to the show for a while or maybe you've heard about it on my youtube channel or anything like that he's fighting uh, a rare form of cancer that has now transitioned into full-blown leukemia 
and he and his wife and his kids are all going through this battle together. And as part of a way to raise some money and stuff for his ever-growing medical bills, uh, he had some t-shirts and stuff designed that are for sale that go towards helping him fight this crazy fucking battle that he's on right yeah. now. And everybody can order them. You can just pay on Venmo or whatever. Go to facebook.com slash fight with B. B is in Brandon. Fight with B. Facebook.com slash fight with B. Order a t-shirt and help our dude out. Uh, a little bit goes a long way because, as you know, being um, direly ill in America is very cheap and affordable, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what people know about America is our yeah, affordable health care. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, good thing we got to check out that uh, that healthcare plan of Trump's that he said he had, right? Oh, boy. oh wait! No, he was really—it was coming. It was coming yeah. in the second term. That was when he was oh, going to make Mexico pay for that wall, and ah. um, also all the other things he said he was ever going to do. It was second term. Got it. Second term. Wish I would have yeah. known that before we voted him out of office rightfully. <laughs> oh, oh well. Damn it! We blew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, go over to Facebook.com/slash/fightwithb. To help him in his battle against illness, help his family out, help out a friend of the show and stuff. We would definitely really appreciate that. And you know what I would appreciate, Steve? What would you appreciate? A sip of cold beer right here in my face. I appreciate a sip of a cold beer. You want to have one with me? You want to pull on one? Yeah, let's, let's drink down a cold beer. Let's just drink one down. Now, it's been a while since we've gotten to have... A buddy beer here on the show, a beer where we both happen to have the same thing. Of course, we were recording long distance. We used to sit across from a table, play some footy underneath it, and share sips on a beer. We'd actually get one beer with two straws. Yeah. And yeah, we'd, we'd and meet in the middle. I would always be wearing my poodle skirt, of course. Oh, yeah, always. And my class jacket, of course. Yeah. From how my letter you're jacket. The, the, the varsity guitar player. Mm-hmm. At home school. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That home school. <laughs> that sounds totally like something a homeschool like parent would make up. Yeah. Oh, you're a varsity guitar player. <laughs> you're the varsity <laughs> Fortnite player of, of the homeschool. Uh, I wish that you knew how close to reality you're talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you knew. I'm glad you don't, but I wish that you I did. I am too. I am very glad. So what are we drinking on? We happen to have coordinated a beer here. Uh, we are drinking a Oscar Blues 1050 barrel age. Now, Oscar Blues makes some mighty fine brews. I enjoy what they do, and I also enjoy that they do the beer brewing for Cigar City. So if you have yourself like a high lie you buy at a grocery store, it was probably brewed by the Oscar Blue Company. And they make some great stuff. This is their Imperial Stout. Aged in bourbon barrels, and Steve, it's a light beer, isn't it? Um, well, I've poured it out here in a glass, and it looks like motor oil. So, okay. yeah, yep. pretty light. Pretty the ABV light. can't be high, though, right? Mm, only 12.5%. Oh, 12.5%, so it's almost like drinking a, a can of fizzy heavy wine? Yes, yep. Great. <laughs> it's like that. I'm excited for this. Nice and light. You're going to enjoy this a lot. Um, it's yeah, absolutely I badass. It, I had one of these like a week ago. It's got a smell off of it for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. And like even the foam is like dark mm-hmm. as night. 
<laughs> yeah, this thing's going to fight crime for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? You got a tug on that? Yeah, let me get a taste of this. Get in there, get your whiskers wet, and report back with your mm. finance. I'm going to do the same thing. We're probably going to get kind of hammered on this because it's, it's only 5 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon right now. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll probably get a little shitty off this thing. Uh, so this tastes like coffee bourbon. Yeah, it does. And I actually have a bourbon aged coffee that uh, I use pretty regularly, and it, it kind of tastes like that, but darker. This is it's good stuff. It's extremely good, and it's not overly sugary either. Like a lot of times, whenever you get these bourbon barrel aged stouts that are that high ABV, yeah, they get like really heavy, sugary, sweet. And I mean, this has some sweetness to it, but yeah, it's, it's not more too dark much. chocolatey though. It's Very like much. Not, yeah, not too, not too sweet. There's a bitter sweetness to it that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm digging this. Yeah, it's a really, really good one, man. Uh, it'll, it'll do work. That thing will cut mud for sure. <laughs> that thing cuts mud. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine having more than one of those. Twelve and a half percent. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd be Ooh, under damn. the couch by then, man. Uh-huh. Good old stuff right there. Maybe what you do is like, I know sometimes don't you do like your coffee with kind of like some some protein and workout supplement yeah, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just put it in one of these instead. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> then work out. <laughs> one of the things highly recommended is get real drunk then work out. I mean, it's gonna make the whole thing a lot more fun. I'll tell you that. It's true. It's true. You're definitely not going to be bored. No. <laughs> I don't think anything bad could come from that. So, you know, you just try that out. Let me know how that goes for you, okay? <laughs> yeah, this is really good. I'm I'm, I'm digging this. Yeah, good deal, man. Glad you enjoy it there. All right, Steve, now that we are getting ourselves properly boozed up and we have watched ourselves a movie called Porno. We have. I say before we get into the movie review ski, how about we just slide on into that preview palace? Welcome. To the preview palace. Dirty edition. Ooh, dirty. Dirty. It's We do a good Christina Aguilera. <laughs> we Excuse me. Do. X-Tina. That was her X-Tina days, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the video like that it. was just wet and sweaty. Oh, man. She looked like she was just probably sticky in the video. Just yeah. everything. Everything in everything the whole video. Sticky. That boxing mm-hmm. ring. Everything just seemed like All it had... It dried cola syrup on everything i guess dirty indeed clean that up the director was just like all right now spray them with coke (laughs) warm dr pepper now (laughs) i say since we're reviewing a movie called porno how about we stay on topic and we're gonna drop on you guys our top three porno films starting off with backdoor sluts Volume 5. Steve, take it away. Volume 5 was one of the better volumes of Backdoor Sluts, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, Volume 6, they got a little too, like, overcomplicated with it. Yeah, yeah. Volume 4 was a good setup, though. Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. Introduced some new characters, some some intrigue, some action, some gore. What? (laughs) Somebody's listening right now, and they're like, okay, Backdoor Sluts... Are they serious? Should I <laughs> Which watch one was this? That? Is this good? <laughs> All right, Steve. I don't think we can go into those kinds of details. This is how we're going to get yanked off of every podcast network and get our we're millions get of podcast off? bucks Sweet. taken away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yanked off, but in a bad way. Like nobody can oh. hear the podcast. 
Damn. Yeah. All right. And it'll take away our, our millions of podcast bucks that we receive from doing the show. That you can spend in the podcast store. Uh-huh. That's right. All you can buy I'm is other podcast merch. It's uh, it's really not worth it. It's kind of limited. Yeah. It's kind of limited. But, you know, it's a living, right? Well, Steve, how about since we're not going to talk about that taboo subject, how about we just reminisce? Let's deep dive. Let's pull back the curtain of Uncle Ben and Hollywood Steve, and let's show these guys a glimpse from our pasts. Considering Blast this movie, from the past. it deals with uh, with people that are living a conservative religious lifestyle. Well, hell, Steve, I used to do that too. Did you used to do that? I did that as well, voluntarily <gasps> for a period of time. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because we both have very different experiences with religion. I was uh, I was born into a Household of Christendom. Then I was born into a household of lies. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. And uh, you were born non-religious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Converted like my, my, yeah, my family, I guess they they would say God every once in a while. And we would have prayers when we'd go to my great-grandmother's house. That mm-hmm. was the only bit of religion I really ever had much interaction with. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, I I made it there myself. Became Mormon at twenty, mm. like a more crazy man person. than human. Yes. More man than yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find a good stout enables you to do better. Rob Zombie, yes. Have you noticed <laughs> yeah, it really that? Co- yeah. It really coats the vocal cord. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick right there. So yeah, though we we've both had uh, embarrassing periods of our lives. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because I know that. Growing up very conservative Christian, and again, I'm not talking about people these days. Maybe people these days, maybe they're doing everything a lot cooler. But I know for myself, in the late 80s and early 90s, as a young man who was in a conservative Christian household, I know that I did some stuff that was pretty fucking lame, Steve. Just some pretty fucking lame stuff. <laughs> you got an example? Give us, give us an example of some lame young ben stuff okay all right we're gonna give these guys our top three fucking lame things that we used to do back in our our religious days and maybe some of you guys listening can connect with that stuff but steve i'll tell you one thing that comes to mind and this is something that i hadn't thought about probably for at least like 25 years okay so a long fucking time until it was just the other night kate had gone to bed which means she's watching tiktoks Ticking and talking. <laughs> and she happens to come across this guy's video. Actually, it's this girl's video uh, about her boyfriend, who was also named Ben and who grew up homeschooled and very conservative, exactly like I did. And he was talking about uh, Salty. So, salty. Steve, do you know of Salty? Salty in, in what sense of the term? I'm talking about Salty as in the titular character of Salty's Kids Bible P S what A L T Y that's right salty like Psalms what um, the fuck so, is this <laughs> yeah exactly so in this TikTok uh, the girlfriend was just like hey how did you learn about this and that and that and he's like oh from salties you know because I didn't go to school or whatever I learned about that from salties and she's like what the fuck is that he's like it's like a kids Bible and Kate is just like do you know what they're talking about do you know what salty is? And I'm like, you mean salty's kids Bible? <laughs> she kind of lost her mind because she also had no idea about this. Even though she also grew up in the church, she had never heard of this. 
Yeah, no, this sounds like some crazy fundamentalist nonsense. Oh, dude, but here's the thing. You can't spell fundamental without fun, Steve. Right. Okay. Okay, <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me all about Salty. I'm actually going to send you a picture right now oh, of Salty's boy. Kids Bible. Oh, that way God. you can I explain to the to folks what it is that you're looking at here. So it is a Bible that has... Okay, this is the, the really confusing thing about it that you're about to see. It's a Bible that features this character named Salty, who he himself is a Bible. So it's that very meta, where it's like... The word it's song a on it as well. Yeah, yeah. A little confusing. But it he's looks like a coloring book. Kind of does, but it's an NIV. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Yeah, looking at it here, I'm confused. <laughs> Don't worry. That's supposed to be that way. Okay. <laughs> so basically, it's just like an NIV Bible, but then like every now and then, you know, Salty kind of jumps in. It has a little cartoon thing of him being like, hey, kids, it was okay for this guy to rape his daughters because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> ah, It's I like see. handy hints and reminders of, so of he's why this like, works. He's kind of like Clippy. Yes, he's very much like Clippy. I see Clippy. you're probably worried about these verses here. Don't yeah. worry. They couldn't possibly mean what they literally say. <laughs> don't worry. We ignore that part about not eating shrimp now. Yeah. But don't be gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in here somewhere. Don't worry. I'll point it yeah. out whenever whenever we get there. So the thing is, is like even little old bowl cut, you know, Christian me uh, that was a kid at that age, whenever my mom got this for me, even back then I was like, man, this corny. This is real corny. Yeah, yeah. That I it looks like they took a California raisin face and just put it on the spine of a book. That's precisely what they did. That is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it reads about the same way. And dude, I remember having to like take that to church with me and take that to youth group and shit cuz that was the only one that I had, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was definitely very embarrassed by how lame <laughs> that fucking thing was. <laughs> Dude, that is okay. So that that that's a mind blowing thing that I did not know about certain uh, sects of 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 Christianity having crazy kids Bibles. I'm, I'm gonna get you one. Uh, what what you uh non ever be Mormons types? What is that I said? <laughs> non ever types. be Mormons types. <laughs> What? What? The, if you've never been Mormon, you may very well not know that uh, there is an entire like film industry for Mormons. Oh yeah, of movies that are Mormon safe. Ooh, movies about no coffee, no tea, nothing like that. Yeah, movies about Mormon topics. One that oh. I think of specifically is The Singles Ward, which what is, is that? a comedy about what it's like to be a single Mormon who is above 24 and not married. Is it basically like the Island of Misfit Toys? I think it is. <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda. <laughs> it's the Island of Misfit Mormons. <laughs> uh, they just have, like, there There was one about church basketball. Uh, there was one about uh, 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 pi the, the uh, what do you call it? The Pinewood Derby? In okay, Boy Scouts, yeah. uh -huh. like it's just all these things that are really like closely related to Mormon culture, 
presented in this really like family friendly way um and it's i mean you see obviously like kirk cameron has a career so like there's the evangelical like movies out there but they 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 got you know their own evangelical thing going on mormons wanted their, their movies that were very specifically about you know uh mormon topics like you know funeral potatoes or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and it's like it's kind of like one that actually i think a lot of people saw is there there was a world war ii movie that was about a latter-day saint uh soldier that Mm -hmm. was like made as part of this like mormon film industry thing but actually had some success I can't remember what it's called. Saints and Soldiers is what it's called. That's what it's wow. called. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those for sure, but I can relate to the lameness because I remember when like Left Behind was like the big thing that like everybody watched <laughs> at youth group and stuff on Wednesday and oh, it's yeah? just so shot. It's so bad. Was that ever like a thing in the in the Mormon world? Like Left Behind? Was that a thing that hit that that demographic? Yeah, no, the the Left Behind is uh, based on the rapture doctrine, and Mormons don't believe in that, so obviously it was never popular. But there well, are there other, go. like, uh, I know that, what was the, the Mel Gibson Jesus movie was oh, popular. Oh, like Passion? Yeah. Yeah, that was popular. So, you know, there's some crossover, for sure. Wow, man. God, that's funny, dude. Yeah, the uh, the the entertainment media lameness doesn't stop there because the number two on my list that i i thought of here is definitely all the super whack christian bands that i used to listen to (laughs) um now this is something that i know has changed because even like looking back at the early 2000s with bands like like switchfoot and stuff that were christian bands that actually uh managed to like find their own sound and write cool music yeah um, but back in my day, back in the early 90s and <laughs> yes. stuff, it was just like, dude, every band was just like the bag serial version of Blink-182, the right. generic Christian version of Nine Inch uh-huh. Nails. Like, nobody was really trying to do their own thing. They were just trying to offer you alternatives to secular music. And it was just so fucking lame, dude. I remember back in the day listening to Petra. You ever listen to some Petra? No. Petra what, who were they? Rock. Uh- I do know that, but who were they trying to be? Death Leopard, and their singer looked like Martha Stewart. (laughs) The the Christian version of Death Leopard, all right. Yeah, yeah, like when you go back and listen to some of those jams, like The Water is Alive, or maybe even Seen and Not Heard, sometimes God's children should be seen and not heard. It's just fucking so lame. And dude, like, the guitar riffs and stuff are just whack like that's the thing i get it you're trying to put out a positive message and stuff out there i understand why you're doing it but golly man the riffs and everything were just so generic man well it's it's all just part of a a grift i mean throughout the 80s and 90s very specifically there were tons and tons of oh there are a lot of christians we can sell them nonsense grifts like the Bible Adventures video game or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Dude, how could I have forgotten that? That should have been like number one on my list. Bible <laughs> Adventures. But Holy I mean, that's shit. It. There's always attached to religion, there's the grift of, oh, these people are Marks. Because yeah. well, they are. Like, uh, 
huge well, when portion you know you of have them a, a built-in consumer base that's going to buy it based off this subject matter alone. Yep. You don't even no have to put what. effort into it. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely falls into that category. Not to say it was all bad. There's honestly still a handful of those bands that I'll go to and revisit every now and then. There's um, there's a group called Galactic Cowboys. That actually has what? some pretty fucking cool stuff. Yeah, check Never out like We're one. Not Amused and stuff like that. There's actually some pretty cool music on that stuff. It was like, I don't know, early 90s, early mid 90s hard rock kind of stuff. They were pretty cool. Um, Kings X is actually a band that got touted around as a Christian band a lot, although I'm not really exactly sure how that worked out because their their singer is a gay black guy. Huh. Um, which back in the early 90s, or sorry, late 80s, when they really started making a name for themselves, wouldn't have been a very easily accepted thing in that world. Yeah. I got the impression that maybe they just ended up on a Christian label, so they were shopped around as that, and their music didn't have bad words in it. Uh, but they have some kick-ass stuff. King's X is one of the most underrated bands ever. Have you ever listened okay. to the Dogman album? Have you ever heard that? I've never heard King's X. Dude, oh my God. They're one of like the best trios ever it's like heavy but it has beetle-esque like harmonies and stuff um and when you listen through like dog man which came out really early 90s i mean it's like hearing the stuff that you would eventually recognize is like the really heavy parts of like corn songs and stuff like this huge new metal movement that was coming through they did it uh-huh. before everybody else like the low tuned like sludgy guitars and really ugly atonal stuff they were doing it back then but it also just had this amazing element of soul and groove and harmony to it really fucking cool band and also circle of dust is a band that i still go back and check out they're they're very like industrial and stuff but man just in general a lot of that stuff i can go back and listen to and be like god like i'm embarrassed for my past self for ever listening to this especially a lot of the like christian punk and like christian ska bands and stuff it's just Uh oh god it's just so embarrassing (laughs) man it's so embarrassing to hear it is it is, and I've heard some embarrassing Mormon music as well. Mormon uh, music? Really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's tons of Mormon music. I'd never considered that, but of course there is. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's very Mormony. It doesn't try to be those other things. Though there are, uh, that singles ward actually had a bunch, it had punk-ish covers of Mormon hymns. Hell yeah. There I need to get go. my hands on that. There you go. But yeah, <laughs> there there's definitely a Mormon music scene. It's a little little less uh embarrassingly like trying to be something else, but it is also extremely Mormon. So Now how does this connect back to that tape that you showed me a million years ago of those two really old people that were doing all the hot young uh you know, songs that the kids were into and stuff. You can't always get what you want. How does it relate back to that? That that was not Mormon. That that was somebody from from here in wow. Knox County. So <laughs> that thing that was, was incredible. One day we'll I'll find that CD and I will post it to the uh, Dead and Lovely group on Facebook because boy, it's hot. The world needs to hear it. It is seriously just two like a hundred year old people. Just basically saying the words of popular songs. The hardest yeah, button no, to button. No music or anything. <laughs> just insane. It's wild. Insane, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next on your shit list, Steve? Yeah, so speaking of embarrassing things uh, related to the church, uh, I, I was a missionary for two years. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, if if you don't know what a Mormon missionary does, you may think like, oh, that's embarrassing because he went somewhere and acted like a total asshole and uh, told people he was helping them by building them a church. No, I didn't do that type of mission. I went somewhere it was a total asshole in Russian and Hell told people yeah. that they should be better uh, American church people. Uh, <laughs> How'd that work out for you? I, I, I loved my mission because I spent the entire time learning Russian and uh, speaking to Russians and meeting Russian people and discovering a ton about the world and learning yeah. things like that. Uh, not what most missionaries tend to do on those missions. Uh, and so it was extremely embarrassing for me constantly to be with people who referred to Russia as a third world country or only Aye. spoke English or absolutely treated people like shit because they weren't Americans. I was going to say, it sounds like you were just kind of out with average American tourists. Yep. Uh, that wasn't all the missionaries for sure, but that was a, a number of them. Uh, embarrassing enough uh, every single day to wake up knowing I was part of a group that was out there embarrassing me uh, because we all wore the same uniform. We were just the Americans in the ties like they knew. So I was I was just as much an asshole as any of those other guys in their eyes. <laughs> and uh, that's extremely embarrassing to think about. Wow, man. Did you ever get any like really like hostile reactions or anything like that from the Russian people? Oh, yeah. We got hostile reactions all the time. Um, but uh, I mean, the thing was, it, it wasn't any more hostile than I would expect to get around here. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was just people being like, leave me alone. Like, I've got my own thing going on. Why are you approaching me about religion? Das Vidanya, homie. Would they say that to you? They Get would away. Say that das Vidanya. Yeah. Nobody yeah. loves you. Das Vidanya. But then we, it, again, it would be these embarrassing situations where you'd be with someone who didn't get that the other person was being aggressive and wanted you to go the fuck away. Oh, no. <laughs> and at a certain point, you just have to grab them and be like, hey, he doesn't want to talk. He's about to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck away from this angry Russian person. <laughs> so, yeah, that that entire two years is uh, extremely embarrassing to me. Wow. Uh, the fa and, and, you know, having, like, the, the thing I was doing was teaching uh, Mormonism, which was me telling people, you know, to not have sex outside of marriage and not masturbate and not drink uh, coffee and tea. And those are some of the stupidest fucking things. Those are some Do of the funnest things. Do all that stuff. Yeah. Please. I mm -hmm. want to make up for the two years where I told people not to do that stuff. Please do all that stuff. At the same time. At the same time. Jerk off while have, having premarital sex. You figure out how to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to be really careful, though, whenever the, the hot tea or hot coffee and the sex get mixed together. Ooh, that can lead to yeah. second-degree burns Yeah, you're going to want to go iced tea and iced coffee when you're jerking off and having premarital sex. <laughs> or after. Maybe that's your post-coital thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cool down with a frosty iced tea. I'll tell you what, though, man, you know, even though even though you might have felt embarrassed about that kind of stuff, man, I knew you when you were a Mormon and you had just got back from your mission. That's whenever we met and stuff. And unlike a lot of religious people, myself included, 
um, you weren't a judgmental prick about it. Like back then, it's like you believed what you believed. And if somebody else wanted to join you, that's cool. If they wanted to ask you questions about it, yeah, I talk about you're it. You're always very open mm-hmm. and not judgmental about anything. And you'd also hang around heathens like myself yeah. um, who didn't believe what you believed in stuff. So unlike a lot of people that I know that are good old Southern Baptists and stuff that were just fucking pricks to, to anybody that didn't believe exactly what they believed. And it's like, how in the fuck do you think that's going to convert anybody? Really? Yeah. You know what? That that was always my thing, like, on my mission. And even before that, like, it was always just like, if if you really want people to be a part of this, you have to accept them for who they are. Like, it's you you can't rush into someone and say, your entire life's a sham and everything you're doing is wrong. Also, yeah. I'm the only one who knows the way to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. People are very receptive when that's the attitude yeah, they're presented with, Yeah, why would they right? be? This fucking prick comes up to them like this. Yeah, exactly. It also had to do with my mission, too, and me being like, you know what? I don't really want to tell people to be a part of this church. <laughs> it was I was on my way out. It, it took a while to get out, but I was on my way out. It was just like, no, this, is, this isn't right. Word, man. Well, you know, I could have took a page from your book because I know that I was a... A judgmental prick, which leads me to my my next thing, which is whenever I uh, whenever I met my future wife, which is hilarious if you explained that to me back then, at the Walmart. Whenever Kate and I were working at Walmart together, uh, there was a day that she came into work. If you can believe this, I hope you're sitting down, man. I am stoned on the pot. <gasps> she did pot what? and came into work, and she was like, "Hey, bowl cut, I am so high on these marijuanas." Yeah, and uh, I was just like, like I was just fucking devastated in my little super homeschooled <laughs> Christian conservative heart. I was like, "How could this have happened? How could this have happened to somebody that I know?" Yeah, and uh, I was just so fucking destroyed by this turn of events that I left her a locker uh, letter. I, le- I left her a letter in her locker that was like a fucking three page like. Like that oh, part in the movie no. where Heavy Metal Jeff is like, do you want to arrive at the gates of heaven smelling like smoke, like an ashtray? Right. Yeah. It was totally like that kind of thing. Just very like, dude, like what were you thinking you were going to accomplish? Like, I guess ultimately, which is funny, she saw what I was trying to accomplish, which is I care about you and I don't want you to make a bad decision. Uh, she was mature enough to know at the time that it's just like, this fucking dumbass doesn't know what he's talking about, yeah, but he'll, he'll learn. Yeah, right. Which, looking back, is like way more accepting and gracious than I was being to other people as the one with the religious high ground, which is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, But yeah, it was just one of those things, man, where I was like, dude, I I really just kind of wrote the riot act in this letter about desecrating the temple and all this just bullshit and stuff. I wish that I still had it. It was unfortunately stolen out of my car. I had a box full of letters that were in a camera oh, box. Oh, man. Yeah, whenever my car got broken into in college, um, that was one of the things that got stolen is a box full of like letters from us when we were like kids, which sucks. <laughs> I like so. to think, though, that the person who stole them reads them regularly. Oh, I hope so. And they're like, this fucking <laughs> prick. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of the lamest things ever, but it's funny that it didn't have a terrible ending at the end of the day. Uh, because I definitely, well, and sh- and I did get my face blown off a little bit in return for that, which uh, well, totally was fine. <laughs> yeah, totally understandable, yeah. Yeah, but dude, just the, the idea that 
that pot was a big deal. This is just the kind of shit, though, that like whenever you're raised super conservative like I was, I mean, you know, it's not like there was even any states in America where pot was legal back then. That was drugs. That yeah. was doing illegal drugs that were going to fucking scramble your brain like an egg. Right. Like what we saw in that commercial or turn into Jesse Spano, who's so excited and yet simultaneously so scared. <laughs> and then, like, I remember, you know, the first time that, that I got high on the pots and I was like, this is so not a big deal. It was yeah, the exact same thing as, all. like, when I lost my virginity outside of marriage, whoa! And I was like, oh, actually, I don't feel like a different person now. The world did not change. In fact, all these things I told that I was told were a huge deal turned out to not really be that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really nothing. It's uh, regular old human shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shocker. Humans have a desire to feel good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and we live in a system designed to make us feel terrible. Yeah. So, so let's try to feel good when we can. Yeah. Yeah. Take advantage of stuff that makes you feel good as long as nobody's getting hurt. That's at the end of at the end of the day. That's all that fucking matters. You can't get in a a car fucking hammered drunk because you wanted to have a few. Don't do that. You yeah. can't have sex with somebody that doesn't want to have sex with you. Don't yeah, do that. Don't do that. As long as there's no fucking victim, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's, I mean, I didn't have to go through that particularly because I didn't grow up with that sort of morality. Yeah. So I, I didn't have to go through the shock of someone smoking weed because like my mom smoked weed, my aunt and uncle smoked weed. It was just normal to me, but like... I, I can understand that experience, though, too, of not knowing how to express to someone that you care about them, but, yeah. like, knowing knowing the thing you're worried about, having that, like, anxiety about that thing, it it really is, like, it's, it's cool that she saw the positive in that, because yeah, it's totally. real easy to just be like, come on, man, fuck off. Yeah, exactly, write that person off, which... They, I, I would have deserved. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it would absolutely make sense. It's uh, fucking awesome that it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, it is interesting to me, though, with your perspective and your life um, and, and my life being as different as they were, where it's like, you know, because you weren't born into it, you had lived in the world and experienced things. I mean, you had you had drank and stuff. You had gotten high before you right. became a Mormon. I had had sex before I became a Mormon. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a huge difference for sure in outlook on life. And then you were able just to put it down and go, you know, total cold turkey. Like you're one of the for, most. <laughs> yeah, for a You decade. are actually, you know what? You are actually probably the most behaved religious person that I've ever known because everybody else that I ever went to church with you know, they'd have sex, they would have oh, drinks, yeah. they would get high, and then they'd mm -hmm. feel bad about it at church. But, like, you actually yeah, I didn't walked do that, the so. walk. Like, you, right. you didn't do anything that you weren't supposed to, which is an amazing feat of willpower. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, are, are that way. And, they like, really sincere. And that was, like, one of the things that won me over is their sincerity and actually... Because, like, as you said, most religious people don't actually live their religion it's not even something they try to do it's yeah. just like no nah, jesus's grace has me it's all good you mm -hmm. know actually trying to do good is going against his grace i don't know if you ever <laughs> heard that one no <laughs> yeah i heard that <laughs> argument once anyway uh but that is actually something that I, I it's not embarrassing to me 
entirely, but I wish it was not the case that I wasted 10 years of my life uh, just not enjoying it. Like, I was enjoying myself. I was still having fun, but I wasn't watching horror movies. I wasn't watching, um, or I wasn't like, you know, uh, actually doing anything sexual. So I would go on dates with girls and it would get to that uh, part where it was obviously going to get sexual and I'd have to just be like, no, we can't. And then, well, where's that go? beyond yeah, that that was you and me in our biology study sessions exactly I, mean, I was right there for that <laughs> that i experienced yeah it, it was a it's, it's just an embarrassing way to live i think like i know a lot of people are very happy with that lifestyle or whatever i'm i'm not yeah. i cannot uh enjoy myself knowing that like there's other stuff i could be doing that is fun and does not hurt it does not harm you. It is mm-hmm. okay. It's ridiculous to be so uh, attached to the the thought that sex is is bad or that drinking is bad. Like it, you really just it limits your worldview and limits who you can be. Oh yeah, definitely. Because that's that's one of those things, man. That I saw a lot of in well, like in Yes God Yes. Honestly, is the the almost let, let's say like PTSD that you end up with when yes. sex has been so demonized. And this is something that I recognize because I live with it myself where it's like growing up and, you know, having, having, you know, mom stand in front of the TV screen anytime there's anything remotely sexual and block the screen until the scene was over. And like just that kind of like deep level indoctrination of like sex is bad. Sex is evil. Right. And then that's supposed to immediately go away if you're married. <laughs> like it does human psychology doesn't work that way and no, I, again I, I hope things have changed i hope that like if you're a young person that's in the church right now i hope that that is not the way that i was raised because i know that for myself being raised in an environment where you know sex was such a taboo thing that you didn't talk about you didn't do it was sinful it was how people go to hell and stuff like this um, that has long-lasting damage. That has long-lasting effects. Yeah, it does. That it's... I mean, I'm I'm even saying this as a person who's been married for fucking ten years and hasn't been religious for fucking twenty years. Yeah. Um, and it, it's still one of those things that sticks with you. So, I think that it's very damaging in a lot of ways to raise people that way. It, the damage is is very real. I've definitely seen it. I I know Mormons who are late thirties to 40s who are virgins yeah they are looking for a perfect partner yeah which is impossible i mean they yep they are they they have been abused to the point that they cannot be with someone who is not perfect yeah that's not good i i can't imagine that's how god wants you to live your life that he gave you like you, you can't be in a relationship with someone and be like, it's okay that they're not perfect. It's yeah. fine. I'm not going to marry them because every relationship doesn't have to be about marriage. Every date doesn't have to be an interview for marriage, like, which is what mm-hmm. it is for Mormons. Uh, like that's, that's basically what dating is, is an interview for marriage. And it's, uh, it's, it's a real shit way to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like before anybody can really, 
you know, super jump on our case. If, if you're a person who's listening to this, that's still listening to this, just thinking about jumping on our case, that is. Right. You know, I've not, I've not set foot in a church and like gone to church um, mm-hmm. on purpose for, you know, 20 something years. Um, I don't know if things have changed. Maybe they have. I hope they have, because I can tell you that the way that I was raised in the church, even though like, you know, I'm I'm not even trying to play the pity card here, man. I didn't go to a church where I was fucking molested by the pastor, right. which is the story of a lot of people. Like a I had lot. a very a very safe, um, very secure life in the church. Like I didn't have anything supremely fucked up happen, but I am a person that is just neurotic as fuck. Like right. very, very heavily influenced by uh, my peers and my surroundings and stuff. Um which is a fault for sure of mine and still continues to this day. And I can tell you that being raised in that environment for me with my psychology and my temperament was, um, I think very, very detrimental. So I think that it didn't work for me back then. And I hope that things have changed since then, but I just want to put it out there that I am not speaking as an informed person that just went to church yesterday and saw that things were exactly like they were in 1989. Um, I mean, I even know from, you know, friends and listeners like good old Grace and Hester, that there are a lot of places even here in the South that have really opened up their views, especially about things like homosexuality and stuff like that, that are just like, oh shit, we've been really fucking this up for years now. Y'all are cool. Y'all are fine. God made you this way. It's totally Your okay. It's still green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's all they're saying. So you know. <laughs> but like, it's nice to know that there is more acceptance than there was back when we were kids. Um, but again, I just want to put it out there that I'm just speaking from the perspective of somebody that grew up in the time period, in the area that I did with my psychology. So I'm not saying my story is everybody's story. And if being a religious person is all that saves you from going out and fucking committing mass murder and being Richard Ramirez part two... Uh, stick with it. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> if that's all that's yeah. keeping you from doing if, it, if that's, that's fucked up, but it's good. Keep with it. Yeah, I'm glad you're not <laughs> Richard Ramirezing people. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep I on guess. keeping on. Yeah. <laughs> and support us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. We will take your money and remind you that church sucks or that politics are bad or all the other things. But also Yay. we're funny, goddammit. Yeah, damn. Damn. You can tithe to us. We'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, religion, Steve. Oh, growing up and being a teenager and being a horny religious person and being scared of your own body. What a good time. Being scared of the most base human yep. instinct, which is to yeah. procreate. Mm-hmm. How? So- oh, God, Steve. It's just not It's not the thing. And that is on display aplenty. In the topic yes. of today's episode. Yeah, porno. Keola uh, Rosella's porno, which came out uh, South by Southwest in 2019 and then uh, was supposed to hit theaters this year, but then COVID. So uh, there were, you know, a limited release through Alamo Draft House, and then it hit VOD. I watched it probably a few months ago. Yeah. And uh, instantly was like, oh, we'll have a lot to talk about. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely something we both would have some experience with. 
Oh, yeah. And here we are an hour into the episode and just getting into right. the movie. So, <laughs> yes, apparently so, right? Yeah. I would love to go to an Alamo Draft House, by the way. I've never been to one, but I've, I've heard that they're just awesome. Yeah, sounds like a fun time. I have a feeling whenever the theater-going experience um, is able to come back, I have a feeling we're going to see more theaters springing up that are taking that approach, where it's just like, hey, you know, everybody be quiet, watch the movie, sit down, have a good beer, have a good meal or whatever. Let's turn this into a night out. You yeah. deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you uh, been to the theater at Westtown Mall here in Knoxville? No, huh? They do that. Oh, okay. They have like full bars and 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 the food is good and uh, yeah, it's it's the Cinnabar it or whatever, right? Cinnabar, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Had, yeah, I've heard that. Nice. I was surprised. Right on. And um, I just watched this movie for the first time the other night after we decided we were doing it for the show because we drew it as a Patreon submission. Yeah, Greg Gardner submitted this. My man, Greg, you're a good old boy. Just a good old boy. You know boy. what? He's never meaning no harm. He isn't? Good. Good. No, I like to never. hear that. Mm-hmm. He's very much like the Duke boys in that regard. Just a <laughs> handsome, nice guy. I like that fella quite a lot. So thanks so much, Greg, for submitting this. Anybody else that wants to, they can submit a movie to the smoking bowl of movies that we draw out of, too. Yeah, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head over there, become a $5 uh, uh, patron, and uh, you get to submit a movie. And then we randomly draw at the end of the month, though we also just cover movies from the smoking bowl all the time. So head over there, drive this car. That's right. That's right. And I think Greg probably specifically picked this one because he knew we'd have a lot to say about it. <laughs> okay. I just suspect Greg's a wily man. I know him. He was seeing into our little into our little brain pans there, and he's like, they could probably pick at this one a little bit. I bet you. So I watched it the other night, and I'll be totally upfront. I don't really love this movie. I I think the topic and the subject matter and stuff is really good, and I think a lot of the execution is good. But I do think that they're there are some problems and stuff that we'll talk about here as the review goes on. But the basic premise of this movie seems to be like tailor-made for my brain. It's early 90s. It's Christian kids in a movie theater and a satanic evil uh, porno flick unleashes a sex demon uh-huh. on these Christian kids. Like that sounds tailor-made for me. And then you even get characters like Heavy Metal Jeff, who's right. the metal Christian guy. And it's like, man... This seems to be speaking to my soul on so many levels. And it is fun to have like a haunted movie theater kind of flick. It really brought me back to demons a lot, like the old school um, Italian horror flick demons, which Uh is in a theater with a cursed film and all this kind of stuff. Uh, It took me back to that a lot, but apparently that was, from what you tell me, not really an influence on this, which is surprising to me. Yeah, they they were just sitting out to make a... A horror film in a, in a movie theater, and this is is what came of it. Obviously, you think horror film in a movie theater, haunted uh, film projector, maybe. <laughs> like, what else are you going to come up with other than Evil popcorn? Yeah, <laughs> milk duds from hell. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I I think uh, the comparisons are there for demons or or popcorn and other uh, horror film set in a movie theater, but uh, yeah, that that wasn't really what they were drawing on but it's also like you're only gonna get a few different ways you can do horror film in a in a movie theater anyway it goes so they had uh, a lot more kills and stuff planned out they just didn't have the budget this though does have some pretty dope 
um, effects. It does. That is true, yeah. man. Like that's that's one thing that I'll say about this is even though a lot of this movie I found forgettable, like I actually just rewatched the movie last night and finished it today, and there was stuff at the end of the movie that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that. Like went into that portal and shit. Like there was stuff yeah. I forgot about it. Like forty eight hours later. Um, some of the kills and gore scenes and stuff, I, I shan't forget anytime soon because they were fucking brutal at times and just yeah. un, unflinchingly graphic. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I very much enjoy this movie, so I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to figure out what it is you don't like about it. Okay. Because so right. far... You've you've said all the things about the movie that you like, and it's all the things about the movie. I mean, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah, yeah. I think I just saw a lot of lost potential in this being a a horror comedy that was never overly scary or overly funny. I felt like there was potential there, though. Like, there's, I mean, obviously, just based on the subject matter, there's a lot of potential for hilarity, and all that I kept thinking about is. What if Kevin Smith directed this? What if this was Clerks meets Demons and how much funnier that could be? Or even if this was, um, oh shit, what was the, uh, the Seth Rogen movie that's like an apocalypse movie? End of the World oh, or whatever yeah, it's called? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if it was that, that sort of style of humor and stuff, I, I just wish that it was either funnier or scarier. It seemed to try to tread a a weird middle ground where it wasn't much of either where like i didn't find myself at the edge of my seat because i was really wrapped up in the story and the tension nor Mm -hmm. did i find myself staying entertained because i was laughing the whole time like there were a few parts in this that i laughed about and there were a lot of times in here where i was watching this movie and kind of laughing internally being like oh i've met that guy or oh i've been i've been that guy before (laughs) yeah a lot of the humor is based on real life experience i think i think so yeah you've met these people and i think yeah everybody on this list is familiar to me um then it's a little bit funnier yeah right and maybe that's even why you know some of this i didn't really find all that fun to watch is because it either reminded me yeah or i have been that person and it kind of reminded me of a time in my life where i was less happy with myself than I am now, you know? So okay. this might be my personal that. experience being like, oh, this reminds me of that. Oh, that's yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. Because the thing about it is with these characters and stuff, um, it's like you said, it is very like, if you've met these people, you'll get it. Right. If you haven't met these people, you might think it's ridiculous. Because I was even reading through some of the negative like IMDb reviews. Yeah. And there were a lot of people in the reviews being like, these characters are just not believable. Heavy Metal Jeff was so yeah, over the top, too. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like nope. dude, <laughs> I've met known... people in real life that are yeah. way more intense than the characters yeah. in this. He, this guy is like a, a light straight edger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right, though, that like... It's a, it's straddling a weird ground where you need to know the characters, but if you do know the characters, it's kind of embarrassing if you're too connected to it. Yeah, because... and there's other people that might be able to look back on it and laugh, but I'm, yeah. I'm kind of not able to look back on it and laugh. Yeah, and I get that. That's okay. So then it, it all makes a lot more sense to me because I think it is, as you said, it's never really overly humorous or overly horror, but I think it... Um, it's like, I think the tone is is good throughout. 
but I think if yeah, if you're embarrassed by the characters, and and I get it, um, I can get that specifically if you if you feel that uh, connection to Heavy Metal Jeff or to say Abe, who is mm-hmm. uh, our secret perv. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I mean this movie, like it really hinges on that whole concept of any sort of uh horniness is perversion like right be, being horny is means you're a pervert like we all may get horny but if you say it and anybody finds out about it <laughs> you are a perv yeah um, and and that uh you know that makes the characters kind of hateable in some way or it's like you want them to get out of that but they're also deeply immersed in it but that makes them really good characters, but it also makes them, if you've come out of it... Hard to watch. Just hard to watch, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The, the audience for it is going to be a little strange. And it's also, you know, got the thing that uh, we've talked about before when uh, I mentioned this in my best of 2020 list, uh, that it's just totally ungoogleable. Yeah, and, that's kind of an issue with this, right? Yeah. Where it's like, uh, I need to find out about this movie. Let's go on Google and type in porno. <laughs> right, well, I didn't yeah. do it. Let's try porno 2020. <laughs> oh, it's just new porn. Porno movie. Uh, porno <laughs> horror. Okay, it's just Freddy Krueger getting his dick sucked. Like, how are you supposed <laughs> to find this, man? Like, Send me the link to that Freddy Krueger getting his dick sucked, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, you're, you're going to want to see that, man. <laughs> it's prime time, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, like the the title of the movie, honestly, is like a little bit of a little bit of a a, a turnoff. Where I get that they were really trying to spell out that, like, yes, this is a movie that is about a. It's not even really a haunted porn. porno, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's a sacrifice movie. Yeah, there's not much as far as porn going on in it, except for nudity. Yeah, but that I mean, yeah, you know, when you're in that mindset, any sort of nudity is porn. That's but yeah, it, it's not so much a porno as it is like it it invokes a demon and has boobs in it and a dong, several dongs in this movie. That's true. There is definitely a whole lot of dongs springing yeah. up in this thing, man. And sometimes it's it's really hilarious. Like there's mm-hmm. um, there's that part where they're watching <laughs> the actual movie and there's like the big satanic sigil and it's just circled around like a flaccid dong. Uh huh. Yeah. Stephen, call this a hot take. I don't okay. know, maybe I'm in the minority here. Am I crazy or are women way more attractive than men? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, I th- Well, I think as two heterosexual men, we would say that, <laughs> yeah. So if you want, if you want an alternate take, ask anybody. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yes, I, I, think, I think women are more attractive than men, but obviously there's some people into dudes. <laughs> and dongs. And dongs, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. The 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 porno is then invoking a succubus, which is uh, Lilith, played by Caitlin Pierce, who is uh, topless basically throughout the film. An attractive woman, I would say. Yeah, very very gorgeous woman. Yeah, but like uh, that's definitely when you're going into a low budget horror movie like this to be told you're going to be topless in every scene basically i i would imagine you're thinking like okay how there's so much to ask of an actress in a low budget horror movie 
and no speaking roles either. Right, yeah, nothing. She doesn't really say anything. Uh-uh. But she fucking nails it. Like, Yeah, she's great. She's very compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing about her, too, is, like, you know, just her, her uh, obvious hotness notwithstanding, like, even though she has an entirely nonverbal role in this, mm-hmm. I think that she plays that temptress, that seductress yeah. uh, very well. But even whenever she gets, like, full-on evil and she's, like, slashing at uh, Ricky and stuff it's at the awesome. end of the movie... Yeah, it seems like very evil and very savage and stuff. So, yeah, I think that she actually does a very good job um, in this flick and plays her role very well. I think everybody does, honestly. Like that's everybody not, does. Yeah, yeah, that's not really a complaint I would have about this at all. Is that that everybody in here has like a not a huge IMDb, but they got some credits on big shows like SVU or you really? know Nurse Jackie or what stuff like that. But, okay, uh, you know they're not the big names, but they are all extremely solid actors who do really well in the roles. And the roles are distinct. Each of the characters is a distinct person. So yeah, let's talk it, about them a little bit there. Let's kind of get into these characters some. Yeah, we got uh, Abe, who's the first person we see. Curly-haired guy. Uh, he is He's our actual perv. He likes to peek in on people's uh, sex lives. Mm-hmm, but also which, act uh, like he's squeaky clean and not yeah, a pervert and stuff. Exactly. Uh, Which is a lot of people that I knew back yes, in my church days. For so fucking many sure. people. Yeah. Then you got uh, Todd, who he is the labeled perv because he was caught looking in a window that Abe told him to look into. Yeah, he's but a scapegoat. He's a scapegoat. Yeah, he's, he's kind of the guy who just like, he's just super good friends with Abe. And so he goes along and, and whatever. Then you got, uh, you got Chaz, who is... The only woman who isn't naked in this, uh, she is uh, assistant manager or whatever at 17 or 18. And this is like so weird that I, I've i worked with this same person so many times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah it's like, dude. how did like they ended up in this managerial role too young to ever like go anywhere else so they're like they stay there and they smoke too much and their life is just kind of boring and terrible i'm telling you steve everywhere you go there's a hermione yep that's That's true she is the hermione in this fucking movie theater job exactly she they they do better than all the other dummies and so they get too much responsibility too young She's also the one that reads the book and stuff, too, and learns some stuff. She is the Hermione of this movie. She's the Hermione, yeah. And then we got uh, uh, Ricky, who is gay, we find out later. And Chaz has a crush on him, but he says he has this girlfriend named Jasmine, which I'm assuming he took from uh, Aladdin, which I believe came out in 92, right? Aww. I didn't think about the origin of that. I was just like, why did he choose a name like Jasmine for his fake girlfriend? But yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and then we have heavy, heavy Metal Jeff, who is a little bit older than everyone else. He went off to college, uh, basically couldn't hack it, and came back home where he's now uh, super anti-drugs, except, you know, he drinks a ton of caffeine-free Diet Coke is pointed out for some reason i don't know why they point that out but it was very it's very much like a detail that would go along with a a straight edger where they just have one thing that they do like very hardcore oh yeah dude i'm telling you man heavy metal jeff 
Mm-hmm. There is one of these guys in every music scene, yep. and he has played guitar, bass, drums, backup vocals, what the fuck ever, <laughs> in about 20 bands yeah. in town. And it just seems like, wow, these bands always keep falling apart, and I can't figure out why, but Heavy Metal Jeff has been in all of them. Mm-hmm. This guy is real. Like, again, yeah. I I see people's reviews that are just like, oh, man, that character's so over the top. It took me out of every scene he was in. For me, I was like... Oh no! I fucking hung out with this yeah, guy. He's, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's this the guy. most like relatable. Like I know that guy character. Where some of these, the other characters, like oh, I know people like that or whatever. This guy, I know for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they just brought that guy into the movie unscripted and just put him on the on the set <laughs> and just started filming. It was like, be yourself. <laughs> and there we go. We got heavy metal Jeff. Now, nah, man, this guy, like, okay. Let's just talk a little bit about some of his characteristics. So, you know, he's straight edge, obviously. Yeah. He, on, on casual work days, emblazons the X's on his hand and stuff to yeah. designate that he doesn't do any kind of drugs, alcohol, medications, um, anything, no sex, no nothing. And, you know, again, kind of just like what we said about religion, if that's what keeps you to be a good person, good for you, do it to it. I have yeah. known some straight edge people in my life, uh, one in particular, that was super nice and super cool, and that was just their vibe, and it worked for them, and that's awesome. I've known a lot that were just yeah. insufferable pricks about it. Because they're not happy. They're very, they're very happy, unhappy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now that I think about it, the one guy I'm thinking of in particular that was really cool, yeah, he was. He was just happy with doing his yep. things his I've, way and... Also known a cool straight edge guy, and it was yeah he 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 could be at parties. He didn't he wouldn't tell people like you shouldn't be drinking or whatever. He would just yeah. Be He's a not cool smacking guy. cigarettes out of people's faces and shit nope. like this. No, nope. but he was in no way interested in ever doing anything like that. Yeah, and that's just fine. Cool if you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely okay. More beer for the rest of us. Am I right? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, heavy metal Jeff. He's he's. what i love about heavy metal jeff the christian element of heavy metal jeff because not all straight edgers i've actually only known one christian straight edger Mm. um but the christian element is that the thing that he's really like trying to stay away from is cigarettes like it's not even hard drugs or anything yeah he's just he's just militantly anti-cigarette Oh, yeah, dude. But that's the thing, too, is like, that's, again, where this was relatable to me because, I mean, I grew up thinking that fucking beer was the devil, that pot was the devil, like stuff Mm -hmm. that's not a fucking big deal at all. It makes sense that this guy was like nicotine is fucking poison to your body and the devil on earth and stuff. So it's like even that aspect of his character is not unbelievable to me. And I think it's no coincidence, too, that they tied him in as also being the guy that knows every metal subgenre and is <laughs> yeah. so excited to correct you. Dude, I kind of yeah. have this like running theory in my mind. And again, I say this as a person that loves heavy metal and has made um, a lot of my career off of playing heavy metal. The more subgenres you have on the tip of your tongue to classify <laughs> bands as, yeah. probably the more of an asshole that you are. <laughs> Like, if you're like, oh, no, 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 they're not. They're not hardcore. They're samurai slam grind. Like, A samurai slam you, grind? Man. Dude, like, the the subgenres and stuff that people come up with for all these fucking bands, 
Listen, here's the thing, because I know somebody's already really mad at me for saying that right now, and they're <laughs> unsubscribing to my YouTube channel and stuff as we speak. Right. Whenever you, like, super ultra-classify your bands as, you know, oh, no, no, they're a blackened, um, crust, thrash band, the more you sub-genre your artists, the more likely you are for them to come out with a their third album and for you to fucking hate it, and because you'd be like, oh, no, like the early stuff. Yeah, because yeah. you've put up such tight parameters of what this band is and what they can and can't do because a genre is a list of can do and can't do. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. You're just setting yourself up for future disappointment or future boredom in a mm-hmm. band. You know, whenever you go to that extent of subclassifying, it just drives me fucking insane to yeah. see this stuff, dude. It's like there's... I get it. You know, like Metallica and Cannibal Corpse are not really the same genre. They're metal, no, but they're it's not. like Metallica's metal, thrash metal, and their old stuff. Cannibal Corpse is death metal. There is a distinction, I know. Yeah. But man alive, these people that like like early on in the movie, I think it's um I think it's Chaz like takes his headphones off and is like, I just don't like that metal stuff. And he's like, Stop metal, it's hardcore. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Piss off, dude. <laughs> Piss off. But like he never corrects anyone when they call him heavy metal Jeff, does he? Or is he he hate that name? He does hate that name. That's yeah, I think right. he gets kind of mad yeah. about it because yeah, that's really right. he's more like hardcore Jeff, right? Yeah. <laughs> God, dude. Yeah, that's that so character is is super super real to me, and he also looks a lot like Steve Buscemi in Airheads. He does, huh? Right? I wonder if they were going for that because like Airheads is also like a '90s movie because yeah. they, they were obviously like. Uh, they were they were doing some stuff with everything in the background. Like there are all these like movie posters and things. It's really helping to establish the time and and whatnot, which is only important, of course, because they need to be able to load up a film reel canister into the the projector. That's yeah. why it's set in the '90s, so that it's not in a time when it would be digital. Otherwise, it'd be a haunted thumb drive, which is right. not all that exciting of a of a premise, no. I guess. It's but a little you know, less exciting. At the same time, I'm like, who are the people that would really, really, really critique that? Where like are all the film projectionist snobs that watch this movie, if it was set today, they'd be like, they wouldn't be showing film. There's no truth in this art. You know, um, from reading interviews with Kyola uh, Rosella, it seemed like this all came together fast, and they that like maybe that was just a a thing where it was like, well, you know, they didn't put too much thought into it. They were like, well, we'll need it to be in a time when film was a normal thing, mm-hmm. and didn't realize like, well, you know, we could just say it's at a theater that shows film, like just like it's a one of those. Dollar theater uh, kind fancy of Fancy dancy yeah. theaters where you go see old films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it works, though. Like, again, because what setting it in the 90s does is solves the cell phone, pro- cell phone problem as well. So Yeah, that was kind of my biggest takeaway from it is just like, well, also by putting it in that time period, you do get rid of the phones and stuff. Um, I did find myself forgetting numerous times throughout the movie that this is supposed to be the 90s but but here's the thing though is like when you're in a movie theater and everybody is wearing their movie theater uniforms of like white shirts and vests like that can't really look 90s like that's what people that work in movie theaters wear now it's also what they wore in the 90s (laughs) yeah it's a pretty common uh uniform for movie theaters yeah so yeah 
Yeah, the the only thing you have then is just uh, the two movies, uh, Encino Man and and A League of Their Own, that which they talk about, which are they chosen because they're PG movies, and this is obviously supposed to be a Christian movie theater, mm-hmm. and so those are the only two movies they're showing at this theater. That's why they're looking for anything else to watch. Like that's a good setup, I think. Like it it you're right that it's not overly 90s in any way but it's also it's doing a good job of like setting up and like closing off any of those like questions that would be in your mind of well why don't they do this or why don't they do that it it does a pretty solid job of just tight setup uh they're going to watch a movie they're kind of arguing about what they're going to watch and then this old man wanders in and just runs through a boarded off section of the theater that then reveals to them uh one that there's a whole boarded off section of the theater and two there's this film canister that is haunted that they watch and it releases lilith and the dick explodes <laughs> the end yeah yeah i mean there's <laughs> Once Lilith is out, that's that's when it's really going. Like, there's not too much that's like trying to establish the world, but it also does do a pretty quick, efficient job of like having uh, Chaz and and Ricky sharing a cigarette and basically setting up, you know, that he's been at this camp and that his girl, he's got a girlfriend, and then you know, uh, heavy metal Jeff comes out and knocks down the cigarettes, establishes he's this straight edger, like. It's all pretty quick and efficient. That's true. That's true. I feel like the action takes a while to get going. Like, I feel like you've been watching the movie for a while, and then it's like, and now the horror part has started. Like, I do feel like there's kind of a lot of setup at the front of the movie. Yeah, there's a good bit. Now, as far as some of the influences and stuff for the flick go, you were telling me that the director was apparently unaware of movies like Demons and stuff that I would think as obvious influences on this. Because I'm watching this movie where there's, you know, a haunted flick, basically, and I'm like, oh, this is very much like Demons. And there's also all these, like, very Giallo-style, crazy, like, light filters and stuff where the whole screen will be red or the whole screen will be green. And I'm like, okay, this guy loves Italian horror flicks, but... Apparently that's not the case, huh? Not the case at all. No, that's he didn't bizarre. grow up watching horror movies. Uh, it's yeah, he he wasn't setting out to make this like love letter to these type of movies. It's just um, it's just competent directing. But yeah, it, it's uh, it it definitely has like those connections. But I yeah, I'm I'm surprised as well reading that in an in interview that he he just didn't. Um, didn't really know those things. Interesting, man. Now, did you say that there was some sort of a connection in this flick to the to the Mormon Church or something? Yeah, well, his family joined the Mormon Church when he was a teenager. Oh, so definitely would have had some some uh, effect on the storytelling. Though he didn't he didn't write the script. The the other elements, the more like southern uh christian elements that you definitely see in here coming from uh uh, matt black and lawrence vanicelli's script Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently matt grew up in oklahoma which i can't imagine is too much different than tennessee 
yeah, as yeah. far as the the Christian culture. So uh-huh. that's why that's why you see so much that you can connect with, and why I saw so much I could connect with. I think is that it's just the influences are there, um, and it's you know it's surprising to to see the character so accurately reflected but also not surprising when you know just how common the same type of of uh person is throughout religious enclaves like it, it, even outside of christianity you still get these same types of people because of the way religion is and because of the types of of roles that it establishes for people and the way people feel that they can fulfill those roles and it it leads to a lot of people like say heavy metal jeff who are um unhappy and aggressive to the world because it's not what they expected it to be and because of that zealous about religion hmm yeah it makes total sense man yeah so uh you know even if they even if they hadn't had the experience it's it's really surprising how much the same people pervade throughout all religions yeah no kidding yeah there's those times wherever you go right yeah i do wonder what some of the influences of this were i mean if this guy never really saw any of these flicks and stuff i wonder what it was that inspired this other than just the budgetary restraints which I got to say, like, I do think that they handled all of that stuff extremely well because I can't imagine that this movie was made for much of a budget, but man, like they hired cheap, relatively unknown actors and actresses that did a great job. Yeah. And I think that the the lighting and stuff hides a lot of those, uh, you know, negative elements that they weren't able to pull off with uh, without a ton of money and stuff. But at the same time... The practical effects that are shown on screen are really good. They're really good. Like yeah. honestly, like of the things I have to complain about this, special effects are actually not one of them, which yeah. uh I'm very surprised by that. The effects and everything in here are pretty fucking good, man. There's some stuff that is that CGI, like for example, the portal opening up at the end. It looks fine though. Yeah, it looks fine. I think uh the best stuff, of course, is the dick stuff. All the dick stuff. How about that? Yeah, we get a dick ripped off, and we get some balls exploded. Um, Dude, oh my god. (laughs) And something I watched, the or something I realized the second time through that I watched it, is like early on in the movie, Heavy Metal Jeff makes some reference to like getting nuts busted or like sack exploding or some shit like that. Like he makes a reference to that, and then later on in the movie, it becomes his fate. That's kind of a classic horror movie thing. Uh Uh-huh. And dude, that scene where his fucking junk is just exploded and it just (laughs) shows it just unflinching, just full center of the camera. Like there's no like clever, like cutting away or giving you theater of the mind stuff where you're, you know, completing the picture in your mind. It's just right there in the forefront. Yeah. And you've got Ricky that's trying to like put dude's balls back in his (laughs) sack and tying it off with a shoestring and shit. And then also at the same time, Jeff being like, are you sure you should do that? You're a gay guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, like, staying in character even during this fucking moment. Yeah. Holy shit. Again, Don't I will Don't want to not... tempt yourself. Uh, no. I will not forget yeah. that anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is it is a hilarious moment. And, of course, uh, it, the Ricky's response, 
do you think that's how gay works? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's how this works? <laughs> but then even too, like the effect at the very end where, um, what's his name? Bleakman that like summons the demon and stuff and it like pops through his chest. Looks yeah. really cool. Looks good. It does. It does look really cool. I, yeah, I know. I was very impressed with the effects. I, I, I think, you know, as you said, like I, I'm looking for the major flaws here. And really all I'm saying is that for me, the, the major flaw is that it does have, uh, issues with its pacing and it, it definitely feels slower than it should. Yeah. Yeah. Cause to me, like whenever you look at this on paper and you look at what the movie is about and you look at the fact that it's like an hour and a half long yeah, and that it still manages to feel long and that yeah. <laughs> you kind of check the timer on the, on the shutter um, stream a few times to be like, where is this in the movie? Like how far along from the end am I with an hour and a half movie with this ridiculous subject matter? It kind of means you fuck something up a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's better yeah. than any movie I've ever made. I get it. I, I, For sure. Know, I'm sitting it's, here being a dick about it, but I've never made a fucking movie. It's definitely better than uh, any movie uh, that... Or better than it, it has any need to be, considering the budget and, and everything going on with it. Um, but it, it, it... Yeah. I mean, it, I think it could have just been an editing issue, honestly. Like... I, I can't think of any scenes in particular I would take out, but I think you could quicken it up a bit with editing. Yeah, I totally agree. That's something that I was really observing the second watch through where I'm like, all these scenes are pretty essential, Yeah, but they're all like, like every scene in it is like maybe three to five seconds too long. And right. if you tidied that up, you'd end up saving 15 minutes, you know, by the end of the day or whatever. <laughs> Um, like, it's just like little tiny stuff where, you know, whenever they're checking to see if that camera works on that peephole and it's yeah. just like, they show it a bunch of times and you're like, I get it. Move on. Yeah. Like next, like there's a lot of things like that in this movie where a character will repeat a certain action multiple times. And you're like, I got it the first time. Let's keep going forward. And it would have been fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I I think you're you're right that uh it's it's got its issues but mostly for me I just really enjoyed it. I I like I liked feeling some connection with the characters but also having that distance where it was like ah yeah like I I've known people like this and they I've seen them grow out of it and become different and better people and stuff and so this is just a moment in time for their lives. Hopefully all of them will move on and be better. Um, yeah, that's something I was going to ask you about, too, is like, was there a moral to this story? Because yeah, that's I, that's a good question. I didn't really feel like there was like I felt right. like if there was. Um, well, and again, like watching this back and forth with uh, Yes, God, Yes, where the moral is, is, you know, our main character sees like, oh, OK, everybody has these sexual feelings. It's mm -hmm. okay. It's nothing to be scared of. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be the moral. <laughs> the moral seems to be uh, basically like, uh, I, hmm. I know, right? Because like at the end of the movie, they march off into the night. Yeah. And he's got the film reel, and it's just like, I'll just carry yeah. this with me. It's almost like, is he saying, I understand that there's this temptation and that I'll just carry it with me forevermore? Because like, that's not really a good moral. 
I don't really I know mean, what they learned. Like I don't I yeah. don't know that they ever had to come to grips with sexual temptation as being an okay thing and a part of human nature to conquer their fear or to conquer this demon or whatever. I just don't they, really see that the characters moved in any direction. Yeah, they didn't come to accept Ricky or anything, though basically they just found out he was gay and then that like that was it. Like that didn't go much of anywhere, though like I mean, we see him him deal with his actual temptation, which is having sex with a man. Uh and then like he he's like way into it. So like there's no like there is no evolution there. Um except for maybe Ricky being like, Oh wait, sex with a man is awesome. So maybe that's the the moral at the end. Is that if you're a gay Christian, sex with a man is awesome. You should do it. On that subject of that scene, though, it did just kind of strike me that even though the movie didn't shy away from showing us a whole bunch of titty or a uh-huh. whole bunch of dong, right? Um, or even like the, the the peeping tom scene at the first, right, which is yeah, just like full on sex. sex. Yeah, it did shy away from showing us. Oh my god. Ricky getting a blowjob from a guy. Yeah. Why did it draw the line right there? Because all that we ever saw is the demon, you know, come into existence and tempt him. And then we just kind of saw some like from the torso up thrusting, but it never showed us anything. Like, was that like, well, oh, that'd with be a too, blow too job, far. You, Yeah. You're showing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless it, okay, uh, I, I mean, what are we talking about? Brown bunny? Like, how do you simulate a blowjob? <laughs> you can, you can absolutely pretend to be having sex. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I'm I thinking about it, I'm like, that because they were like, "Hey, do you want to get a blowjob on film?" And no. he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, "How would they have shown that exactly?" So. Right. I find every- oh, they kind of did it in Love Actually, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. They kind of did. They yeah, showed just exactly- some back of the head, you know? Yeah, back of the head. That's okay. true. So they there could you go. have done a, 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 a shot of the back of a head. Yeah. There you go. That's what this movie needed. I stand my ground. I'm willing to die in this hill, Steve. Should have shown <laughs> us the make, back of that if head. If it had that, it would be a 10 for you. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely be up in my <laughs> score. But because they didn't... Uh, uh, um, one issue that I had with it too is there was just a weird lack of soundtrack in a lot of the movie. Like so much of the movie is just uh-huh. quiet. It is. That is true. I mean, that does kind of capture the feel of a movie theater. Yeah, it's supposed to be quiet in a theater, I guess. But uh, yeah, may, again, that's probably just a budgetary issue, though. Just yeah. can't afford to pay for somebody to do a full soundtrack or something. I don't know. But that's the thing is like that's where you run into guys like fucking John Carpenter that are just the kings of like, okay, we don't have a soundtrack budget. Let me get a synthesizer here and just hold one button and go, bam, 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 <laughs> and that's it, and that's fine, and it makes the movie more awesome. I just felt like so much of this was just quiet. Like there mm-hmm. towards the very end of the movie, whenever um you know Ricky is doing his like sexy dance to that song, and that song continues to play during like the gratuitous like stabbing scenes and stuff like that. Right. It was really effective and it kind of gave me a little, um, you know, nods to like, even like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that, where you have this like perfectly fun yacht rock seventies music while these horrific, brutal things are going on. And I was like, man, that makes this scene a lot more fun 
uh-huh. it made me kind of sit back and go, how many other scenes in this flick would have been more fun and really elevated With if they just some had music. some soundtrack? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that definitely would have helped, I think. You're right there. You know? So, I don't know. Like, that's just another kind of critique that I have. Like, anytime soundtrack was used, it was good. But it it just needed more of it. I mean, same with same with the horror level, same with the comedy level. I just feel like it just kind of needed more of everything. Maybe another rewrite, maybe a rewrite from somebody um, that that knew more how to handle that subject matter of doing a comedy horror movie. Comedy horror movies are so fucking hard to do. Like they are great horror comedies are pretty damn rare, and it's very easy to you know, make it go too far one way or the other. So I'm not saying it's an easy thing to make one, but I think that this would have benefited from having a keener, more experienced eye, whether that be a a Sam Raimi or a James Gunn or a Kevin Smith, or just, it just needed more of either or of both elements to me to make this a more watchable flick. One last thing, Ben, one thing we have not talked about, that is Mr. Pike. The boss. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he, he acts like so many uh, 40-something Christian men I've known who either own a business or are a manager somewhere. Just the way he's, like, having the prayer before they do their work and then, like, also mentioning very specific sins for people. Like, it's it's just, like so comically uh unprofessional oh yeah but also extremely real because but very real we have yeah. worked with that person for sure yep mm-hmm. for sure uh, and i also like of course that we find out that he's uh he is 100 uh, percent a piece of shit yeah yeah and he gets gored and he gets gored gets his <laughs> i I'm assuming she was fisting his butt, right? And then That's the impression I got. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a lot of just like exploding dicks in this movie. More than it's probably awesome. anything I can think of, honestly. It's <laughs> a good point. You don't yeah. get a lot of exploding dick. Mm-mm, no, a rare distinction. Yeah, I like that character too because again, I've worked with that guy. Like we all yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben, what would you rate this thing if you had to put a rating on it? All right. So, you know, again, I I commend the movie for doing well with its limited budget and star power. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea. Like, I think the entire concept of conservative Christian kids and a, you know, evil possessed porno movie, like that sounds hysterical. And I wish Mm -hmm. that I would have written that. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's a really, really great concept, but it just falls short for me. This is one of those ones that I just... I just kind of felt bored watching through a lot of it because I wasn't laughing and I wasn't scared. Uh, I was just more feeling embarrassed by these characters because I, (laughs) as I said, have known them or been them before. So some of my personal bias and experience is coming into play there, but I'm, I'm definitely in like no rush to watch this again, even though it did have some really great practical kills and practical gore. Like, you know, the the CGI portal, there's some CGI blood whenever she was slashing Ricky up and stuff. But other mm. than that, most everything was practical, which I really, really do appreciate them putting that into this and keeping it true to horror roots by doing as much practical effects as they can on a limited budget. All that stuff looked great. 
I would watch a movie by this guy if he made some more. Like, if he made another horror flick, I would totally watch it. Um, but as it is, like, I I don't know, man. I don't think I can rate it higher than, like, a four. Hmm. You know? Okay. I'll give it points for its originality and the subject matter and the practical effects. But past that, it wasn't really that entertained. Okay. I uh, was very entertained by it. I yeah. watched it a second time with my wife. Uh, bef- these are... I w- the first time I watched it and then the second time I watched it were just for fun. The- they had nothing to do with the podcast. Then when I drew this, I was like, oh, cool. I'm gonna talk about porno. I was excited rewatching it. I was like, yeah, I like this, man. I really dig it. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have many problems with it. I really just enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. And, uh, I liked the, I liked the the kills and stuff probably the most and and i i think the humor hit but i think you're right at the end of the movie it's like well what's the was the point of all that uh it's it's yeah it kind of after watching yes god yes in comparison to this it's like oh okay yeah well this movie could have done a little better at like some messaging about how you know you got to get past these weird christian sexual hang-ups and all that stuff and it, it kind of fails at that but uh still entertaining still very enjoyable to me i think it's a six and a half. Six and a half. i get it i totally get it man maybe if uh if our listeners check it out and feel they need to express their opinions about it they can let us know about it over on the facebook page yeah, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely head on over there join the group uh let us know what you think uh you can also mm-hmm. check us out on instagram and twitter at dead lovely pod and mm-hmm. as we've already said before, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes, become a $5 patron. You get to submit a movie into the smoking bowl. And we draw randomly from that each month and review that movie just like we did today. Yeah, that's right. So head on over there, drop some dollar papers. Really appreciate it. Another thing you can do to support the show without dollar papers is to rate and review on yeah. Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can review us. Just review us anywhere. Go on Yelp. Go on yep. um, Ask Jeeves. Yeah, go, go on, tell Ask Jeeves. Uh, GeoCities, Truefire. I mean, uh-huh. you know, or Angel Fire. That's what I meant to say. Angel Fire. Right. Any of those. MySpace, and anywhere you want to go. Yeah, just review us there, man. Leave us uh, <laughs> a, a good note inside of a bathroom stall. Dead and Lovely's cool. Leave that somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I would love to find out. That that is a thing. Yeah. Somebody okay do that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time I went into the bathroom at Barley's in downtown Knoxville and somebody had graffitied, I'm peeing at stepdad speed. No <gasps> That's joke. That's in relation to you. That's in relation to me. And I was like, this person is a funny. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so maybe write us a dead level review on a bathroom stall somewhere and I'll see it. And I'll be like, That's cool. Thank you. And I'll talk about it on the show. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you guys be sure to tune into the show next week. We're going to be talking about... Little Monsters. Not <gasps> Little the one monsters. from the 80s. Okay, the newer one, right? Yeah, Lupina Nyong'o is in it. Awesome. She's fantastic. I'm excited to watch this. You've seen it already, haven't you? Yes. I, yeah, I saw it and enjoyed it. And uh, excited to talk about it. It's a fun little movie. You think I'll enjoy it too? You're the experienced traveler here. I'm just a babe in the woods. You think I'm going to have a good time? Um... I don't know, honestly. I think Ooh, so. I think okay. you will, but maybe you won't. You maybe you'll surprise me. 
All right. Well, maybe we'll just have a big old fight about it. We'll get on here and we'll be fighting about little monsters next week. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, it's no good, is it? And you're like, oh, yeah, I think it's real good. And I'll be like, oh, no. Oi, oi. Agree to disagree, mate. <laughs> right? That sounds like, a, I mean, that must have been us. Those were our voices. Yeah, pretty sure you're right. <laughs> pretty sure you're right. So tune into the show next week. Find out how we feel about that one. I hope everybody out there is doing well. Hope everything's going well for everybody and everybody's staying healthy. Hope everybody's out there washing their fucking hands. And their ass. Uh-huh. There's still a damn old global pandemic going on. Go out there, get yourself yep. poked, get your vaccine if you can. Uh, I'm hoping that under the new administration, we get a lot more people getting poked by that Hopefully. vaccine, you know? So, we, need, we need a lot more. Oh, oh my God, man. So we'll see how it goes, but if you can, get a poke. Get your poke. Go home and have a toke. And tune in <laughs> next week for the next installment of Dead and Lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been Dead and Lovely. Catch you all next time. Bye. Now, Steve, I'm sure you know as well as I do that people listen to our show not only for the horror movie reviews, the co-beer chugs, the hangs. They also listen to our show because it's the number one source for celebrity gossip, as we all know, right? Yeah, obviously. Of course. I happen to have a new piece of gossip that just hit the streets that I don't think people know about yet. Tell me if you know about this. Did you know that Zoe Deschanel... Mm Mm-hmm is currently trying to find her real dad. She found out that she was adopted and she's on the lookout for her real dad. Now, okay. basically where she's trying to narrow it down is she knows it has to be somebody, somebody musical. You know, Zoe, she's all whimsical and she sings and plays her ukulele. Uh-huh, so it's got to be somebody her. musical has got to be her dad, but it's also got to be somebody with a bubble voice because she had to get it from somewhere and it wasn't her mom. Right. So, so far she's narrowed down the suspects to... The Big Bopper. Hey, mm-hmm. it's me, the Big Bopper. Right. Okay. That's possible. It's po- seems Before unlikely. Before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Maybe he was a sperm donor or something, though. Oh, maybe. So he got a really yeah, long time Yeah, could have been ago, some you know? sperm just on ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got that Big Bopper seed in Mama, <laughs> and that's where Zoe come from. Right. Um, also a possibility, the singer of Molly Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. I Number three possible. likely candidate, Kermit the Frog. That seems the most likely, because I know that dude gets around. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. Kermit the Frog fucks. He plays, <laughs> and he's got that bubble voice. That's so, true. So, you know, this is, just, this is just a rumor mill. I can't confirm any of this stuff, but I'm just saying it makes sense that and Kermit the Frog is Zoe Deschanel's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, obviously. Definitely. You heard it here first. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Like Are it. you my real dad? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be half pig. My Kermit is terrible. Can't do it's it. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs>